Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above today. Friday, happy Friday, everybody. Happy October 1st, everybody. It's hard to believe it's already October. It just stuns me every time I think about it. The year has gone by so fast, and here we are in the throes of the ending of the year even. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, uh, today we are going to be doing a lot of talking about the month of October and there's a lot happening right now. And if you tuned into Angel Heart Radio on Wednesday evening, uh, you got to hear me talk with Annette McCoy about a little bit about what's happening. And mostly we talked about what was happening from the point of view of uh, our human design the gates of the spleen that are being activated right now. And as you all know, because you listen to me uh, uh, twice a week now, or have had uh, many times of listening to me talk about the spleen, it is a center that takes us into time, intuition, and health, and also brings us to survival energy. And survival energy, of course, has worked out well for the human race. We're still here despite COVID, despite all the other pressures on us over the course of time. We are still here on the planet. And yet there seems to be this push for us at this point in time to move out of the survival energies and more into thriving energies. And the, the idea of what thriving means versus what surviving means has to have a new definition. And I think that's a lot of what the pressure is that we might all be feeling now is about how do we redefine ourselves? How do we redefine what it means to be human? What does it mean to be alive? What does it mean to be here on this planet? And what does it mean to be going through these trying times? And I keep hearing from all of you, one after the other, people I haven't talked to in a long time, plus people I see a lot, about how stressful time is for us right now, or how many challenges we seem to be facing, or how our emotions are all roiled up. And, you know, we don't know exactly how to express what we're feeling, but we know that there's also this other feeling, and I've felt it too periodically, like something's coming or that something's about to happen. And that makes us sort of, that sort of triggers that fearful response in us. So today, what I want to talk about first is where the moon is right now and what the moon will be doing for the weekend. And then I want to take a broader look, step back a bit and take a look at what is happening for the month of October. And trust me when I say there is a lot happening for planets uh, changing direction from retrograde back into direct motion. We also have several kinds of... Uh, aspects between planets that generally speaking can create some chaos and some craziness and a lot of that energy is happening across the Aries and Libra axis which brings up the energy of love and war and or love and anger um, so we have some possibilities for some you know fireworks energy between uh, re in relationships but yet we also have this high, high, high potential if we can tap into love energy instead to be able to greet the world and the people in it from a place of diplomacy or a place from collaboration or cooperation and from a place of that loving energy 
letting the anger, the frustration, and the he said, she said, the shame, shoulda, coulda, wouldas all go by the wayside because they are not helpful at all, right? They do not help us build a new earth. You guys don't hear me say that very often, but in the what in the time period we are in, we are building a new earth. Whether you think you're part of it or not, you are. You are because you're here. And building that new earth has been a trial and a tribulation. But in the end, it's going to be about <clears throat> coming from a place of love, coming from a place of humanitarianism, coming from a place of doing what is best for the most number of people. And that's a hard concept, especially here in the USA. I'm not sure that other places around the, the globe have the same feeling, but a lot of the, the problem here in the USA right now is this feeling of our freedoms being trodden upon. You hear a lot of people talking about sovereignty and self-sovereignty and, and all of that, but I keep wanting to remind you all that that is never going to go away, right? You are always sovereign. You are always an individual. What's changing is that we have to redefine our individuality in the context of the bigger picture of humanity, in the bigger picture of this is a crowded world and how do we best work together to create a sustainable life for all, not just for the rich, not just for uh, the people who deserve it or who we say deserve it, but for everybody. That is a very Aquarian ideal. And you cannot even think for one minute we haven't already entered into the age of Aquarius because we are sitting here in this moment working through these big energies. So this month, those energies happen to be coupled with the fears that we have or the shadow energies being triggered within all of us. Now, I want to say something here because um, fear is something that has kept us alive right? It has kept us alive on this planet for millions of years. And the fear, the nature of fear has changed over time, right? The pressure for us right now isn't about uh, territory and um, coming together, you know, saving ourselves from marauding peoples or um, having to worry about which animals might eat us or what foods we might eat that might kill us and all of that. Those pressures have gone away. The pressures we have now are about how do we utilize the resources in the best way possible? And how do we share those resources? How do we become more unity oriented and move more toward unity away from separation? And that's going to be a big theme as we move here into October. So um, let's let me say good morning to people first, and then we'll go back and start talking about some of the energies lined up and how we can work through them, because that's the part that's the most important, right? It's awareness first, right? You have to know what's happening, uh, what's coming up. But the second part about that is, well, what do I do about that? How do I handle myself? How do I help others in the midst of this chaotic time that we find ourselves in? Uh, okay, let's go back. Good morning, Debbie Tippett's two meal. Happy October 1st, she says. Good morning, Monique. Alexander, J-Lo, hello. Carol Grojean, good morning to you. Stephanie Wirth, hello. Happy new month, she says. Christine Buckingham, hello, J-Lo. Hello, Astro Design family. Donnell, great to see you. Haven't seen you in a long time. Good, good, good to have you with us. Kathleen Mallory, good morning. Uh, Donnell says, 
oops, I missed it. There it is. Eternal mother and eternal love gates. Ah, love that. Oh, she says, you are on point with what has been going on with me. Um, Christine says, yes, Aquarian ideals was typing before you said it too. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Amy D. Good morning, TGIF. Natasha. Hello, Michelle. Good. Good morning to you. I can tell school's back in session because a lot of people that normally sleep in a little bit are here. I love it. Welcome everybody. Uh, okay. So let's start with where the moon is because the moon drives our emotions. It sets us up for what is to come for the next couple of days. And today the moon is in the sign of Leo and will be in Leo until early, early Sunday morning when it shifts into Virgo energy. So for the next few days, meaning all of today, all of tomorrow, and uh, we will be with the moon in the sign of Leo, which is the sign of the heart, right? The moon in Leo brings us to those lovely energies of love and romance. It brings us into the heart of who we are as individuals. Interesting because Leo is across from Aquarius. So right in that axis of Leo and Aquarius, we have the very foundations of the struggles we have right now. The uh, struggle to be me and to individuate and to really stand out and to be able to be free to be and do me. And then the up opposite sign, Aquarius, how do I be me in the midst of a group, right? Or in the midst of a collective, right? So we have both pressures with us here embodied in this moment. It's perfectly in time then that I would be chatting about the age of Aquarius and how it pits the individual against the group. And so we have to find the middle ground in all of this. And we do that by one, loving ourselves, but two, loving our fellow human beings, right? Always extending love out from us as opposed to fear, right? I think when we're afraid that someone's going to take our individual rights away from us or, or that we're being told we have to do something, that is a fear that you have, right? That's a natural fear. Oh, I, I, you can tell I'm all over the place this morning. I'm going to make a little mark here to go back to this. But what I wanted to say is that while we are all being triggered by fear right now, or these shadow energies right now, um, it is always your choice how to rise to the occasion, right? To, to work through your own personal triggers and fears of, of what you might lose or of, you know, where you aren't going to have your own personal sovereignty anymore. But you also have the choice then to, to collaborate and to co-create. And Libra energy is those three C's, collaboration, cooperation, and co-creation. So we're, we're learning more and more to become those co-creators in um, the world that we live in. So as co-creators, what would we want to create? That's where our focus needs to go. All right, back to the moon in Leo. Love and romance, creativity. Creativity is huge within the sign of Leo. It is our artistic expression, our enthusiasm. And I would even take that into our passion. And when we're living in our passion, we are focused in love, right? We're focused in love. So when we get to live our passion, the things that would normally trigger us for fear or to bring us down don't have the same kind of power as they would have if we were 
um, not focused in our passions. So check where your focus is this weekend. Where are you putting your energy? Where are you putting your time? Where are you putting your, your love energy? Um, so it's a time for us this weekend and beyond to bring what we love to life. Bring what you love to life and bring life to what you love, right? It works both ways. Leo by far and away is a sign of celebration where we have fun and play and games and parties and vacations and recreation. It is a fun loving sign. So in whatever way that we can create that fun cele celebratory sort of feel, that's what we need for this weekend to help us get into the spirit of love and into the spirit of play. It is also a sign of dignity and strength, and we often think of the pride of the lion. It is a sign that loves to be in the center uh, limelight or in on center stage. It craves recognition, and it gets recognition from its beautiful place of self-confidence and self-awareness. And when it chooses to be in that loving, graceful expression and not in the more prideful arrogant expression. It is a sign that is generous. It is ruled by the sun, ruled by the sun. So now we have the sun and the moon in Leo, the sun being the ruler, the moon being in Leo, now holding hands, taking us on a journey from through the physical being of our physical personality and our spiritual selves, right? So we're joining them. We're joining emotion to our personality. This is leadership energy. Leadership, the leader in uh, Leo steps up to the plate. He is often or she is often invited, asked to lead as if there's a sort of sense that encapsulated within that person is all of the leadership qualities that we need, humanitarian um, leadership, right? That's what we're looking for. There's resoluteness and stamina in this sign as well, especially because it is a fixed sign. In astrology, we have the fixed nature of signs. We have Leo, we have um, Scorpio, Taurus, and um, but, but the Scorpio, Leo, Taurus, uh, Aquarius, God, lost my brain for a minute. All are fixed signs. And the fixed signs are the ones that are loyal, that are steadfast, but can get into a rut from a fear of change or transformation. So these are the ones that transform the planet but more slowly, let's say, than the mutable signs or the cardinal signs. The cardinal signs step out fast. The mutable signs say, okay, we're on board. Let's make the changes. It is the fixed nature of those four signs that we were just talking about that take us into a slower change where we're moving more slowly through that transformation. But with the stamina the endurance to be able to stay the course, right? We got to have that. We have to have the people that can endure. It's like the, the, the fable, Aesop's fable, the hare and the tortoise, where the hare jumps out, uses up his energy, has to take a nap, sort of slow down things, while the tortoise, who is more deliberate, is taking a step-by-step -step approach. Our fixed signs help us take that step-by-step -step approach. But of course, as any other sign, we have the more negative expressions, which tend to be around arrogance, 
self-centeredness, narcissism, bossiness, right? Or uh, overly calling attention to oneself. So we have to balance our need for that attention, our need for that center stage to um, be seen and heard, valued and recognized with the ability to see, value, recognize, hear everyone, right? All voices. So it's a nice little balancing act that we are learning while the moon moves through that particular sign. In the matters of the body, the, co the correlations, if you will, with Leo into the body is about the heart. The heart, imagine that, a sign that represents the heart, uh, the heart of our desires, the heart of our passion, um, has a rulership with the body of the actual physical heart, so the beating heart the back and the spine as well, because it's the structure and the form is what gives our body strength, right? It's the ability to um, have stamina and to endure. Exhaustion is one of the other things that we watch for with uh, any planet moving through Leo and particularly heat exhaustion. Although as we start to move into the fall, at least here in the Northern hemisphere, um, that is reducing every day as we go further toward winter. Inflammation, interesting, right? Inflammation in the body, also a uh, Leo uh, body correlation. Now, again, let me just say, just because those parts of the body are ruled by Leo and the moon moving through Leo does not mean that you are going to suddenly have those kinds of problems or that if you have those problems in your body, that um, it's all because of Leo. Uh, there's just correlations here, right? Not a one-to-one -one relationship. But if someone were to tell me they were having problems with their heart, like fluttering or uh, stressful feeling anxiety around the heart, I would look to Leo in their chart. I would look to see first, where are they under pressure? What planets do they have there by birth? And how might that be affecting them? Then I would also look at the Leo gates and their human design. And speaking of that, let's do that really quickly. I'm going to share my, let me see if I can open this first. Now I'm going to share my screen and everybody's going to be able to see this. This is a video, I mean, a, a screen that you have seen before, Chrome tab. Um, window. There we go. All right. So now you guys are seeing the Leo human design gates in astro design, right? This is my thing that we're looking at the combination of different energies from astrology, human design, the gene keys. Sometimes I might throw in the I Ching. Sometimes I might throw in other disciplines that help us to see how there is this coherence going on in these different systems. So let's take a look at the Leo human design gates. And note that they all go through the center part of the body. Doesn't this sort of look like the spine, right? The spine in our bodies. Um, so the spine, Leo human design gates take us through the center portion of the design or the body graph. Beginning with the gate 56, which is here on the throat center. Note there are three of the throat centers defined in Leo energy as well. The only other sign that takes up a lot of the energy in the gates of the throat is Gemini energy. So we have, you know, some, some kind of thought process maybe or connection between what we say and Leo as well. So the 56 is a gate of expansion in, in its gift level. This gate grows, right? It grows and it grows through story. This is a storytelling gate, storytelling in as far as it goes as teaching, 
right? Te it's a teaching gate, but it's also a storytelling gate. But the story is an expansive story, right? It is a telling of a story that teaches, right? So the stories from the past that we can bring into the now that show us by association um, what it is that humanity is going through at this moment. But unfortunately, this gate, because it's a gate of the throat, can sometimes launch into storytelling that people have already heard the story and they don't want to hear it again. So remember, the throat center is always, 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 always invited out of you, right? Invited to tell the story. And you can do that by asking, saying, oh, that reminds me of a story. Do you guys have time to hear? Um, or it reminds me of the story of XYZ. Uh, have you heard that one? Seeing if that will elicit a um, an invitation for you to share the story and to be able to teach through the experiences of the people in those stories. The second gate the moon goes through is the leadership gate of 31, which is also on the throat center. Interesting, right? That leadership. This is democratic leadership. This is not leadership that just grabs power and says, I'm in boss, I'm the boss, I'm in charge. Uh, you will follow me. It's not that at all. This is voted. This is agreed upon. This is a group of people that agree that this person is the best person to be the leader. So leadership energy is invited out of us. We don't do power grabs. When we do, it doesn't work out well, right? Problems begin. You don't have real loyalty, which is a key uh, energy of Leo, if you do power grabbing. It just doesn't work that way. Then we have the gate 33, also a storytelling gate, also on the throat center. And throat center storytelling through the gate 33 is about the retelling of the story. It's about let's change the narrative. Let's look at it from a different point of view. So let's take the story of strife and the story of division and the story of separation and let's see what we've learned from it and let's spin it a bit so that we can see the potential for where we could go, right? Where could we go with this new story? So if we retell the story, we what we are doing is engaging possibilities, right? And we can do this with passion, we can do this with love, and we can totally change the narrative in the storytelling of gate 33. The gate seven also is a gate of, it's a gate of leadership, it's a gate of power behind the throne, if you will. It is sitting on the identity center, which is a center for love and direction, collaboration is its key word collaboration because the it is often the the chief of staff right that we have the president at least in this country let's talk about this one we have the president who would be the leader the elected leader but the elected leader has a person that is his go-to right his person that is handling all of the details and there's a lot of power in that chief of staff position if you will to create an energy of collaboration bringing all the different moving pieces together so that we have a power structure that is sharing uh, in the power that is mutually supportive, or at least that's how it's supposed to work. Because collaboration is a very Libran energy, even though this is a Leo gate, but there's an affinity here with Libran energy of creating that co-creation, that collaboration, and that cooperation. The gate four up in the Ajna is the gate of possibilities. This is about the mind's awareness of what more is possible. 
it is a mental gate. It is a mental gate that can sometimes create us believing that we have the answers to the questions that people are asking or the pressure of the questions that remain unasked. But without looking at possibilities, what we do is get stuck in the, uh, the rut of always seeing things the same way. So when we have the moon moving through the gate four, we have a mind shift potential going on here. And the mind shift takes us into that possibilities thinking. The gate 29 down here on the sacral center is the last Leo gate. Uh, and that would be the gate of commitment. It takes us into what are we saying yes to? Are we saying yes to the right things? Are we saying yes to everything just because we're making, we want to make everybody happy? Um, we want to make everybody excited because we're on board with their idea. Or are we truly saying yes to what's correct for us? Chances are we all struggle with this. And now with the moon moving into this gate, emotionally, we may discover that we are people pleasing, right? That we may be saying yes to things that we that we are really not heartfully committed to. Thus the name commitment here in this gate, in the shadow of this gate, it's half-heartedness. When you say yes to things that have no real meaning for you, it creates half-heartedness. So we're trying to move away from half-heartedness and into the energy of commitment. So those are our Leo gates. Uh, and I wanted to share that with you again. Um, questions. Anybody having any um, questions or ahas that are coming up? There's somebody at my door. I don't know what to do. I'm conflicted. It's the second doorbell ring. Somebody may need me. Um, so I'm going to put everything on pause for one moment, please. Be uh, where, uh, be uh, where, oh, uh, yeah, bear with me. I'm back. Sorry about that. It's definitely a neighbor who was hearing a cat in trouble and he thought perhaps it was my cat. Um, so sorry about that, everybody. Uh, okay, so JLo 29.6 is my personality, I see. So 29, so when you have a gate already activated by uh, some, you know, by a planet in your own natal chart, and then you have a planet that passes over it, that kind of energizes that ener that uh, that yeah the potential of that expression. So you may find yourself triggered by commitments, or you may find yourself triggered by 
um, having overcommitted yourself. So, or it could be a really positive thing. Somebody comes to you and says, Hey, I need you to do this for me. Would you like to do that? And you stop because you remember, Oh yes, gate 29. I have a tendency to say yes to everything. And you stop that process and go to, um, consideration. Is this right for me? Right. Is this correct for me? So that tells you how that plays out. And, uh, JLo says, I also have a fixed star Regulus at 29.6. Everybody has Regulus at 29 degrees of Leo. So that means everybody has Regulus in their chart sitting at uh, that particular gate. Now, the fixed stars are, they're not my strength. I don't know that much about them, but I do know that Regulus is a benefic star. It's, the, it's a royal star. It's the heart of the lion, right? The heart of the lion. And if we're going to that um, thought, if we follow that thought, then it tells us that uh, it is most benefic when we are saying yes to the correct things. So in human design, we don't use the fixed stars. Uh, otherwise, what you would see on your chart is a, a, a line that would show that it was defined. But in astrology, we use the fixed stars as a way to help us see uh, that there's a certain nature of fixity to humanity or to life in general. And a Regulus shows us if we're in our heart that we can do so much more, right? That we're here to be passionate and to do the things that we love. So I hope that helps answer your question, JLo. And let's see, any other questions? Um, but, um, do, 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 Donnell, shadow energy. Shadow energies are... Um, I'm not sure what you're asking, Donnell, but shadow energies, the fear energies uh, on the planet. So it can be, it can be a shadow. Oh, now I remember what else I was going to tell you about the shadows and the, the fear energies. We are, we are built in our DNA to have fear. And this is one of those conundrums, right? We, we talk about conundrums frequently in human design. Um, the conundrums are the places where two uh, uh, energies either are butting heads or pulling us in two opposite directions. There's the sense that we have to solve something, right? We have to find a solution. So in our DNA is the energy of fear, right? Fight, flight, freeze. All of those responses are actually coded in your DNA. So then that makes us all, you know, first of all, have to, we all respond to fear. Fear is something that we just don't get to say, okay, I'm not going to have fear. I'm just going to turn my head. I'm not going to look at it anymore. So what do we do when we come up against fear, right? Because in our natural way of being, it's directly there. It's there for us to draw upon. When we look at the Mayan calendar, for example, one of the things that it was showing us was the progression of humanity through the various ages of time. And those ages of time that, that we were kind of coming to an end with was about having had all of the experiences that we needed to have. And at a certain point where the Zolkin calendar appeared to come to an end, which made us all, you know, worry that life was over. It was a point in time where humanity, human beings 
had experienced all of the facets of consciousness that we needed to become conscious co-creators. Now, that's relatively speaking, not very long ago, right? Eight to 10 years ago, when, when we experienced the ending of this calendar, when we experienced the ending, if you will, of all of the experiences that humanity would need from our DNA perspective to become conscious co-creators. So we're just barely, barely now able to use our conscious awareness to decide whether we want to choose fear, the path of fear and shadow, or do we want to choose the path of love and openness, right? And to let go of that part of our DNA. We always have had the choice, but it's very difficult when you're still in the process of, of learning to be able to do that. So at the time that calendar ended, I have heard it talked about in like puppet strings that were cut, right? Where we are no longer tied to this evolution of consciousness in the same way that we could become conscious co-creators and then be able to choose what we do when we're faced with a situation that creates a fear response for us. All right. Now, in that context, then every year as the sun begins to move through the gates in the spleen where fear and survival live, then we get to choose now what it is that we're going to re how it is that we're going to respond. What are we going to do in response to the triggers that come up for us that uh, about fear? So I hope that is makes sense to you all that this is something we're just barely we're just newborns in this, right? We are just barely at the point where we can smile back. Um, you know, a newborn, it takes a couple of weeks of smiling uh, to get them to smile. And then we start to grow bit by bit. It's all there. We have it all. We have the ability to be conscious co-creators and collaborators and cooperative and humanitarian. It's all within us. But now we have to choose in the face of all the shadows that get brought up for us. Right. So we have to choose. We get to choose. Now, let's take a look then at what are some of those fears that are going to be showing up because they they're in the process. As I was talking about on Wednesday night when I was on Angel Heart Radio, as I looked back at the human design ephemeris, we've been in this kind of fear-based energy since September uh, or August. I mean, it was August. Let's see here. When did Venus first moved into uh, one of the fear gates on uh, August 19th, August 19th. We don't get out of this fear gate energy until middle of November. So we've had some of you who have asked me, you know, what in the heck is going on? Well, what's going on is in the long term, we've been facing through the personal planets, Mercury, Venus, Mars, the sun, moon, the gates of the spleen. Well, the sun hasn't gone through there yet. The sun is just now starting to get through those gates of the spleen. And that means that we're all having these things in various ways and shapes and forms coming up to, that we have to face, that we have to work through, that we get to choose how we're going to respond. So let's take a look at the spleen again and what are the uh, gates and so forth that are on there and what it is that we're going to have to be working through. And it's going to be different for everybody because some of you are going to have uh, breeze through this. Some of you are going to just breeze right on. 
and not have any, you know, fear triggered necessarily. Some of you are going to have fear triggered, but it's going to be, you know, in the um, underside of things. And then some of you are going to face these things head on, right? It's going to be so apparent in your life. So when the sun first moves into the sign of Libra, we have the gate 18 that gets triggered. And that's where we find ourselves today through, uh, what did I do with my little calendar? Ah, here you are. Uh, let's see, today is October 1st. It is the last day of the gate 18. And here what we've been faced with in the 18 is our, our judgments, our criticisms of ourselves, but also of others and the fear that we're not perfect, that that perfection isn't in our, our purview. So the gate 18 can sometimes see us lashing out and, and trying to uh, face those authority figures that we see in our lives um, and coming up, feeling like we're coming up short in, you know, uh, compared to them. So here's a chance for us all to bring back our authority, to call it back in and to not necessarily judge ourselves and certainly not to judge others. The opposite gate, which you can't see in this gra graphic, unfortunately, is the gate 58 uh, on the root center, which is this uh, gate of joy, right? The gate of joy. So what we want to remember is that joyfulness, joyful expression comes from inside and we don't need to look outside of ourselves for our authority. It's always within us, right? It's always within us, perfectly intact, perfectly awaiting for our awareness of its being there. The next gate we go through, which actually begins tomorrow, then will be the gate 48. The gate 48 is the fear of inadequacy. It is also the basis in our gene keys for our emotional development. It is the gene key behind the scene that we experience from the age 7 to 14, where our emotional self is being um, put into place, right? Where it's being built in a stronger way. And it is very much a part of the human experience to have a fear that we're not good enough. That when we look within and we compare ourselves to others, we'll somehow come up short. The, the pathway out of the fear comes when we realize that we have everything we need inside, right? That everything we need ever, ever is deep within us, that we don't need to go looking outside of us for that, um, that next class, that next course, that looking to another mentor or person that we have it all within us. Unfortunately, it takes time for that to happen. So we may in the short term here be having to deal with the shadow of that inadequacy. The gate 57, which is one that we want to watch because it's coming up with the sun, but it's also coming up with, um, Mars and Mercury in retrograde is the gate 57, which always has the fear of tomorrow, the fear of the future, what comes next. It is a gate of intuition in its highest expression. It is the wisdom that comes from knowing, from knowingness, not from anything but knowingness. And just because we have knowingness doesn't mean we have to have the fear of what that knowing is going to bring to us or the fear that other people are going to question why we think we know what we know. The gate 44, no, the gate uh, 48, 57, after 57, we go to 32. And the gate 32 is, has a fear of failure. It is a gate that we experience the fear of failure or possibly even, I think sometimes it's the fear of success. 
where there is some, we up the opposite gate is the gate of drive and ambition. And out of that drive and ambition, we move outward on our spiritual journey, or we move outward um, into our career or into our, um, you know, futures. And in the gate 50, I mean, in the gate 32, we might fear that we're going to fail, right? That we're not going to get where we want to go. The gate 50 is the next gate. This is a gate of nurturing and of living from our values. And the fear here is the fear of responsibility, or it can be the fear that we're going to fail in our responsibilities to our family, to our friends, or to our community. It connects up with the gate of self-nurturing. So it is nurturing others and being responsible for oneself, right? You have to be responsible for yourself because if you're not responsible from your, for yourself or taking care of yourself, you do not have the energy to be able to help others. And from the gate 50, we move to the gate 28, whose primary fear is the fear of death. It is also a fear of purposelessness, that what does life mean, right? That all of it's hard. It's a struggle. I'm tired of the struggle. And from the struggle, I have to find the meaning, right? The meaning or is the meaning that we just live to die. Ooh, tricky, tricky one, right? The final gate in the spleen that the sun will go through is the gate 44. And the gate 44 is the fear of the past. It brings up the baggage, right? The grievances, the things that have happened, the the people who've hurt us, the people, the things that, you know, the shame game, the guilt game, the, the uh, game of uh, not being good enough comes to us from the past. And then we begin to almost anticipate failure or some other kind of problem based on the signs that we're seeing in the current moment. The beauty in the gate. 44 is about taking the best from the past, the experiences, the fear, even as we feel the fear, feeling the fear and doing it anyway, right? Feeling that fear, understanding it's been a trigger from for us from the past. And now we can choose what to do with that fear as we start to move forward. So there you go. Those are all the gates that we're going to be dealing with over the next several weeks and the ones that we have been dealing with over the last couple of months, right? That in various ways, shapes and form. Now we do have some help. We have some help with this this time. And even though I think it's a little bit tricky, <laughs> it's, a, it's a tricky thing that we're getting ready to go through, a tricky month. Um, we have some help with going through all of these different fears. And that help comes from the planets that are in retrograde right now that are going to shift over to direct motion as we move through the month. And we all begin that process with the planet Pluto that moves into forward motion on October 6th, which also happens to be the day of the new moon. So we have the new moon and Pluto changing direction all at the same time. And when that happens, it brings the potential for whatever the moon is doing, right? The moon starting a new beginning. Um, it brings that more into a powerful um, expression for all of us. Now, I just want to remind you what Pluto in retrograde has meant for us. What are we doing while it's in retrograde? We're exploring the shadow side of ourselves. We're exploring the shadows. We're delving into the old fears that we have, our limiting beliefs, the, un the entrenched unconscious patterns that we have the way that things have always been. So while it's been in retrograde, we've been looking at that, right? We've been, it's been coming up for us. 
And now with the planet of power and the death and rebirth energies coming into forward motion, we're going to begin to be able to explore new ways of being in the world that are not so entrenched in those fears, right? In those fears. And recognize too that that Pluto is in the sign of Capricorn. And Capricorn is the sign of the builder. So what do we want to build going forward? Right? That's a big, big question. It is also in your human design at the gate 61. In its lowest fear expression, it is psychosis. We cannot seem to become inspired because we're so caught up in the fear. If we can just move to the gate uh, or be to the, the gift level in the gate, we would be an inspiration. Inspiration, being inspirited right? And being able to act from that spirited place, as opposed to for the fear place. In the highest expression, that becomes sanctity, a whole nother subject for a whole nother day. There you are. So you're not stuck in that tree after all. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, spirit. Um, now on the 10th and 11th, and that's just depending on the time zone that you're in, Saturn is going to change direction. He has been in retrograde and will move to forward direction. And when, let me remind you what Saturn retrograde was all about or is all about since we're still there. Um, Saturn retrograde is a time for us to look at our goals, right? To see if our goals stand the test of time. And it's an opportunity to rethink them, to tighten up those plans that you have, to really bring the lens in and bring more focus to what you're doing. Self-discipline, right? We might see where we've been really lax or where we have... Uh, to bring in focus and concentration, where we need to work through some issues. Saturn represents work. In retrograde, it was the inner work, perhaps, that we have to do, work through maybe our father issues in our life or authority issues in our life. Now that he is turning back to forward motion, we're going to be able to get to express that strength, that newfound wisdom in that arena out in our lives, in our outer world. Saturn is in Aquarius. He's now future focused, right? So he's taking us into uh, the goals and the dreams for the future. And then on October 17th and 18th, again, depending on the time zone that you find yourself in, Jupiter is going to change direction, right? Jupiter in retrograde has been slowing down our ability to grow and expand and causing us to evaluate more clearly what we're doing before we do it. So when we've rushed into things during this retrograde period of time, we've probably come up against obstacles or things have crashed and burned. But if we slowed things down and really considered where are we going? What are we doing? What is it? If I'm going to build, I'm going to use Saturn's energy of goal setting, but I'm going to use J Jupiter's energy of dreaming the bigger dream, right? So that's been the process of Jupiter retrograde. Now that it's moving forward again, we're going to see the expression of that growth, of that being able to tighten up the dream and now the ability to express it, right? To get it out there into the world. Lastly, Mercury changes direction on the same day as Jupiter does, and Mercury in retrograde, uh, changing directions to forward motion, makes for a little bit of wobbliness. It's the closest planet into us um, that's changing direction. So it's a personal planet. 
remember Mar Mercury in retrograde sometimes is the one that creates havoc, right? It, our, our tech goes crazy. Our, our uh, uh, appliances sometimes go on the fritz. Uh, our minds aren't clear. Our communication doesn't come out quite clearly. Um, so when Mercury turns back to forward motion, those things begin to smooth out. Our minds maybe get some clarity. Um, maybe from having to slow down our thinking process, we get that mental focus back. Our scattered thinking comes back together and we're able to move forward in some really, um, maybe some more focus and concentration sort of ways uh, rather than uh, the scattered uh, energy that we've had. Now, remember Mercury is in Libra, so that affects our relationships. It affects contracts and business relationships. It affects the way that we work together with one another. And it's funny because my son right now is working on a big business deal. And I said, watch because Mercury's retrograde. They're going to be sometimes those setbacks, especially because it works around business contracts in Libra. And yesterday, so yesterday morning, something awesome happened. Yesterday evening, it all fell apart. I said, don't give up. Don't give up. It's just a redirect, right? That is what Mercury retrograde does. It makes sure we're all on the same page, that we're all working in the same direction, that all the ducks are in a row. So don't give up hope if your things are falling apart. It just gives you an opportunity to take that breath, rearrange, reimagine, make sure everybody is on board, get back to cooperation, collaboration, and co-creation. And that's going to be a helpful thing for all of us during this period of time. Now, we also have some tricky, some tricky, tricky aspects coming up at the same time. Two of them start today. One is uh, Mars in Libra. So we have Mars in Libra. Mars in an air sign. So fire and air work well together, right? They're very dynamic together. But Mars finds himself today in an opposition to Chiron in Aries. So that axis of love and war, right? Of fighting and getting along, of cooperation and, and not cooperation are being triggered right now. And that opposition then is across the gate 48 of uh, triggering our inadequacy with Mars and Aries energy gate 21 control. So we might be pitted against, and I just thought of this, that's exactly what's going on in my son's contract negotiation thing is one person holding on to control, wanting to control everything while the other person is being triggered by um, the potential for growth and expansion, but also not feeling the adequacy here, right? Worried about not knowing enough, not being enough. So interesting that that's showing up in contracts, but also something that we're all working with right now is to be able to move through this energy. Today, Mercury in retrograde is also squaring Pluto. That's a powerful one, right? Mercury is uh, already slowed down. He's already sort of in this backward motion and now he's squaring or being challenged by, actually, he's the one doing the challenging of, of uh, Pluto in Capricorn. So it's not unbelievable to see structures and power structures kind of be upended at this point in time or tested in some way because Chiron is looking for interdependence here, right? Chiron in the bigger picture in Aries is helping us to achieve interdependence. Pluto is helping us be, 
to bring structures and forms into play that support that. Mars and Libra is taking action on cooperation, collaboration, co-creation. So you can see that a lot of fears potentially could be triggered in this, but we have a lot of potential as well to, you know, throw away the old in some way, that old way of thinking and embrace something new, like something new would be, how can we create unity here? Also on 10-3, so Sunday, the sun will oppose Chiron and Mercury will be in a trine to Jupiter. So we have some more positive expression here that maybe we can go through some healing process. I think it's funny too that, you know, in the United States, Congress is squabbling over the infrastructure bill. And I, again, not political saying this is good or bad, but you can see how it's building up here. And we've also just had the fight going on about the uh, raising the debt ceiling or something in order to get the budget passed. And so those things, again, very Libran, right? Political, but also a bickering sort of going on, having to come uh, to the table diplomatically to solve the problems. And the more that we can do that, the more we release the fear, the more that we can release our uh, attachment to doing things the old way and to create a new path forward. On October 7th, so, oh, I didn't turn my calendar yet. So next Thursday, Venus moves into Sagittarius. And now we're on the hunt for agreement between parties and also for unity thinking. Sagittarius is an adventurer. He moves into new territory. The only thing he needs to do, his Achilles heel, and Venus will help with this, is to find common values that are not based on self-righteous adherence to one's own ideologies. So we have that potential as well, adding to the positive expression. October 8th through 10th, this is where we have a very tricky time. The sun, Mars, and Mercury in retrograde will all be conjunct uh, in Libra. It is going to be a time for us to clarify our, in our vision, both individually and collectively. And that usually happens when we're tested by something. And that'll be happening at the gate 57. All three bodies will be at the gate 57, the gate of intuition and instinct. Now, remember, instinct can be the instinct for survival, the instinct to hold on. The one thing the spleen energy does is holds on to the old, holds on to the things that we know too long. So we'll have to work to try to let go and to be looser and to be able to see how collaborating on a new future is in everyone's interest, right? Not just in a certain party's interest or not just one society's interest, but the, the interest of the greater good. So all of that coming on October 8th through 10th. So we have some very crazies along with some very smooth <laughs> and yet Underneath it all is the trigger of fear, and fear can be a paralysis. We can either get caught up in, sit, in doing things the same old way, right? The path of least resistance, which is like, oh, we've always done it this way. Let's just keep doing it. Or we can choose a new direction. Which one is it going to be that you choose? Because you also have a voice in all of this. Now, as far as October goes, after we get past the 20th, the energy is going to shift. It becomes a little, if I can say this word without creating too much panic, it becomes a little darker. It becomes a little more introspective as the planets now in Libra begin to move out of Libra and into Scorpio energy. It adds a bit of intensity to some of the experiences. Then when we get to that full moon, that full moon will be across Taurus and Scorpio. 
And that can bring us to uh, economic downturns, perhaps, or economic news that maybe, you know, triggers some fear. So expect an energy shift later in the month. But if you're open-minded and open-hearted and you're working through your own personal fears, it won't matter. You'll be able to take on that transformational energy that Scorpio has and use it to your benefit. Use it to be able to change your life during that period of time. So there you have it. That's a lot. I know we've been through a lot. I apologize for that break in the uh, the, the broadcast this morning. <sighs> anyway, what can I say? Uh, Tara22, good morning. Sending love to an open spleen center. Lovely to catch a little of your uh, live today. Thank you, Tara, for being with us. I believe you're in Ireland. So thank you for joining us from uh, Europe. Natasha, school has been interesting with emotions. Also, as we've been doing a lot of internal work at school with students and uh, I, my grandson who goes to school in Cedro Woolley uh, was at the doctor this morning. They think he might have COVID. And it's, I know, one of those things that's going through the school, but that's the same grandson that I spent the weekend with. So, hmm, interesting. Just keep bringing peace. Just keep bringing peace. Keep bringing the healing energy, not going into the fear. Ah, all right. Uh, dense. That's great. Maybe dense would be better or groggy, like when you are about to hibernate like a bear. I'm not sure that groggy is a good word to explain scorpionic energy, but I would say that dense is really good. Dense and intense. And um, Neptune will still be in retrograde. Neptune is where I think of groggy, foggy, sort of hard to see through. Neptune's still in retrograde. So to me, when Neptune is retrograde, we have a lot of access to uh, intuitive energy, to instinctual knowingness, knowing things. Um, and it's the kind of knowing that you know what you know, but you can't say how you know what you know. So it, it's there for us to use. Um, I think sometimes we forget, though, in the crush of the day or in the crush of the week or the what's going on around us, we get to the we start to default to logic instead of tapping into intuition and knowingness. Right now, our best friends are going to be intuition and knowingness, right? Those two things. Uh, so you're right in some ways. That denser energy is best cut through with intuition or instinct and knowingness. Uh, okay, Corey, good morning, she says to all. I wonder how that plays out. I think we talked about that, J-Lo. Uh, so hopefully I answered everybody's questions. I sure miss Asa here in the morning. She's not quite, she'll take her final on Saturday, I think she told me. So that'll be cool if she can take her final. Maybe she can join us again in the morning and help us with comments and so forth. JLo says, ha, that has been lately. I sound crazy, but it's okay. My family just laughs with me. Um, I think there is a huge shift in my own family. Uh, I, I can't quite quantify it. Um, I want to be able to put words to it. I, I don't, I don't want to put words to it. I just want to know that I'm loving it. I'm loving the newfound spiritual closeness that we have. Um, it just feels yummy. And that's coming even in the face of the tragedy we experienced as a family this summer, maybe because of it. I don't know. But I, 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 I know that there is this shift that's happening within our, our cores. And that shift is made more powerful when we apply love energy. So keep that in mind. It's always about the love. It's always about the love that we can send out to everybody, to ourselves. And um, 
yeah, good news, right? Okay, everybody, that's it for me this morning. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. And uh, I will see you on Monday. I feel like there's something else. Oh, I wanted to tell people I have discounted human design readings. If you go into my website, living-astrology.com or living-astrology.com, you'll see that human design readings are discounted. And later today, I am also discounting transit readings. To Right now, they're $99. I'm going to earn $129. Excuse me. I'm going to bring them down to $89. $89 for a transit reading that will give you insight into what you're experiencing right now in your own chart. So give me a couple of hours to get that up on the website. That came to me this morning because I feel like people are needing that guidance through uh, their charts right now. Now that's it for me. All right. Take care, everybody. Much love. Mwah. See you on Monday.